Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. First Chronicles, please. First Chronicles chapter 4. Appreciate our worship team. Thank you so much. First Chronicles chapter 4, just two verses of Scripture. Verse 9. Are you ready? Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. So God granted him everything that he requested. Come on, let's pray as I get more monitor, please. Father, we thank you for your power, for what you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you. I have preached from this text um, a number of years ago, and... uh, A man by the name, I believe it's Bruce Wilkerson, wrote a book. How many of you saw that? It was a little book. It was just this little itty-bitty book, like about this big, and it's The Prayer of Jabez. And I think it came out in like 2001 or 2002 or something like that. That that little itty-bitty book, so few pages, went all over the place. There were more little books of The Prayer of Jabez because it was just powerful. Before that book was preached... Back in the early, you know, 90, 96, 97, about, um, before it was preached, uh, before it was written uh, in the early, late, mid to late 90s, Emmanuel Canastracy, Apostle C, we call him, Apostle Canastracy preached from this text of Scripture. And uh, Dr. Morocco preached from it, I think, in 2018. And I was having a conversation with Dr. Morocco uh, the other day, the other week, and he was telling me about this, that God gave him some revelation from that, these verses of Scripture. And I'm thinking, come on, it's two verses of Scripture. You know, God confides, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Some of you want revelation, but you're not willing to pay the price to get it. And I've heard like T.D. Jakes take two verses of Scripture, just like nuke the thing and just radiation all over Dallas and it goes all over the place and people are like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? You know, one of the, for all you preachers out there, uh, he says you study yourself full, you pray yourself hot, and you turn yourself loose. That's a good recipe. Let me say that again because I didn't even get like one, not even one amen from the front row. You, You pray, you study yourself full. You pray yourself hot, and you turn yourself loose. I'm not sure I can fit in that category tonight. Just to be honest with you, I need more prayer. I'm tired. If that's Jesus, just let him know I'll be with him in a little bit. (laughs) 
So actually, what you're, let, me, let me say this about prayer, that what you're walking in is what you've prayed into. So, you know, if you, if you didn't have the greatest prayer meeting today, you can, you can ride on a cloud of prayers that brought you to the place that you're in still, but you better not have a constant diet of not praying because soon you'll begin to slide. So this text is so powerful, and I, I said, well, what's your revelation? So he, he starts sharing with me, and I can't quite track with him. And uh, he said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach it. I said, okay. So he preached it, and uh, far better than, than I could, no doubt. But I, I went and I, I listened to it and recalled back on some of the notes that I took in my mind when talking with him. This is a profound passage of Scripture, and I've, I've never quite seen it the way that he communicated it to me, so I, I can't take credit for, for this message. I like saying it this way. I milk a lot of cows, but make my own butter. All right. Let's look at this text. You might get that on the way home. First and Second Chronicles is a part of the historical books, and... This is the family of Judah, and the writer is, is listing basically a genealogy. But when he comes to this guy, he comes to this guy, Jabez, in verse 9, and it's like he stops. I mean, go, go look at go. You can read it later, but I mean, really, he's listing all these names, and he's like, oh, and this guy, Jabez. It's like he pauses. First of all, uh, I, I did not understand that it's written actually uh, in about 4 BC. So it's probably, uh, it's probably the, the, how do I say it? It's not the newest book of the Old Testament. The oldest book, the oldest book of the Old Testament. Newest book of the Old Testament. So it, it, it was actually, when it was written, it's probably after the book of Malachi. Well, how come Malachi is after Chronicles? Because it's not, the Bible's not in chronological order, not the one you're holding in your hand. You could do a whole study on why it is that way and to understand why the Bible is put in sections and divisions. And, the way, and it's a great study, and I'm not going to take you all through it right now. KSM is taking application, and you can go there and learn all about, about that and so much more. So it's, it's a historical book. And so as he's reading this, as he's penning this genealogy and you read through it, this man Jabez is mentioned in verse 9, and he stops. Let me ask you, why? Why would the writer, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, stop in verse 9 and emphasize this guy, Jabez? It's not a very nice name, first of all, if you understand names. His name meant pain. In, in Scripture, when things would happen, when mothers were and parents were bringing forth their children, they would name them after events. So when the ark was taken in, in uh, uh, 1 Samuel, when the ark is taken, Eli falls over backwards, you know, breaks his neck, and because <laughs> he was overweight, I guess he couldn't take the fall. I don't know, it just says that. He, he was overweight, he was a very heavy man, he fell over and broke his neck. So, And then it says that this, this, this woman gave birth, it's the wife of one of his sons gave birth and named him Ichabod. So Ichabod means the glory's departed, but it's after the fact that the glory, the ark, has departed that God is now gone and they named, hey, what's your name? Ichabod, but you can call me Ick for short. I mean, that's kind of intense. What's your name? Glory departed. What's your name? 
pain. That's what his name is. His name is Jabez, which means pain or misery or sorrow. So, I mean, every time this guy came around, he had to introduce himself as, hey, my name's misery, pain, and sorrow. That's intense. The writer of Chronicles, what what he's doing is he's, he's giving a history, but he's emphasizing that of how we should live as the people of faith. You'll see that he stops at different sections and and emphasizes things. And Jabez is highlighted because though he meant pain, though he was born in pain, he was named pain, people's perception of him was brother misery. He changed. He changed his life by prayer. He changed his Come on, he changed his destiny. His destiny wasn't a destiny of pain. He changed things by crying out to God. Now, I'm going to tell you what I love about that. That's every one of us. It's what God wants to do in every single person right now tonight. You might have been called pain. But you can be born again. And you can be healed. You can be free. You can be delivered. You don't have to call your, cause your mom and dad pain anymore. And even if your mom and dad did have a perception of you of being a certain way, you can break free from that perception. So it's profound. It's holy pause highlighted by the Spirit. His mother called him pain. My, that's crazy. Jabez made a decision to overcome. You know, I, I had an unusual experience without getting into the finer details of it, but I lived in Washington at a very dark time in my life before giving my life to Christ, and then afterwards, uh, but I turned from the Lord. I would not suggest or advise turning from the Lord. It's a very painful, very difficult thing, and once a house is swept clean, it can be seven times worse, except for me, it felt like 70 times worse. I thank God for a mother that prayed. I thank God for a family that prayed for me. And again, without going into all those details, God has led me now these 30 years later, 25 years later, depending upon which case, back to some of these places that I used to cause pain myself and has redeemed them all. He's redeemed them all. New York City, I walked 15 miles one day praying in tongues, visiting every place that, that the Lord led me, almost every single place I lived, up and down the streets of New York City. and Just a miracle time with God. And he did the same thing in Seattle and uh, in Bellevue area and Kirkland and around there. And then, but I hadn't been to Tacoma in, these, in this new life, but I had been there in my old life. So Pastor Karen and I drive our rental car to Tacoma. And uh, as we're driving there, I said, you know, this is not my favorite city. She's like, oh, I know. I'm like, yeah, well, here we go, Tacoma. And, uh, you know, we've got our GPS uh, series driving us there. She's sometimes a false prophet, so you have to be careful. You can lead you astray. Before you know it, you're in some place that you never should have been. Some of you listen to, amen, we just better move on. So, so we take the exit, city center exit, 
and I don't know if some, some of you guys might know that area. As we took the exit, I thought, that makes sense. Of course we're taking the city center exit because that was the exit I used to take all those years ago. And as we roll in all this familiar landscape and we roll up to the street, and as I'm looking up this street, it was a street that, that I frequented many times under great duress and demonization. And as I sat there in a rental car with my beautiful wife, with a mandate from heaven to go fulfill his purpose in that city, I thought, man, God, you're amazing. You're amazing. And uh, we took a left and went to the, this incredible hotel, stayed there, and just didn't feel led to go out that night, though. <laughs> I felt led. I just, we were going to go to a restaurant and have a nice restaurant, you know, experience Friday night and, uh, you know, go get a steak. Anybody like steak? All right. All, I know a lot of people like vegan food and eat things without faces, and God bless you, go for it. But mm, get, knock the horns off, baby, and bring it on over here. <laughs> anyway, you, you, you obey whatever the Lord tells you. I'm going to eat a lot of meat. Glory to God. So we were going to go to this great steakhouse, had all these reviews, and it was a little pricey, but, you know, I was with my wife, and I was just going to take her out, and I just felt like, no, we're going to stay home and, um, and have some Triscuits and, and uh, and what was a place of pain, God has completely redeemed, and we planted a church just beyond there, and I'm just telling you, God will change your life and your perception, and change, change, he'll change everything. Come on, he makes all things, he makes all things new. The key to that, the key to seeing things turn, the key to things, seeing things turn away from pain to a place of honor and the blessing of God. How many of you want the blessing of God? Yes, he cried out to the Lord. You'll look at it right in the text. He cried out. He cried out. The Jones family, Forever Jones, wrote a, a song, I'd love to learn it. It's, uh, it's the, the Jabez prayer song. Jabez cried out, the God of Abraham. And God answered his prayer. He cried out. He did what? He cried out. And God answered his prayer. I want to tell you that God wants to answer the prayer that you don't pray. He wants to answer the prayer that you're not praying. Some of you, your faith is just limited because you, your background or your education or, or whatever you want to try to put a stamp on, you know, you came from this or came from that or you didn't have a father, you didn't have a mother. Or you, Listen, stop. All of us have a sordid path. I, even if you were five generations at Kings, all of us have issues. Every single one of us have issues. But God will take you and he'll renew your mind if you'll put your hand to the plow and not look back. He'll renew your mind and he'll change you and he'll fill you full of the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And it does not matter what your family history is. You might come from a long line of fill in the blank. Does that mean that you now have to fulfill, walk in that pain of that, that generational curse on your family? No. Everybody say no. no. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Well, how about you? As, come on, say it. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. And Jabez cried out, and God answered him. I love what Pastor Karen said to me just recently. 
She said, you know what, I'm going to pray for this and that. And it was outlandish, you know, like it was big. I thought, well, go for it. She says, you know, God could just say no then if he wants to. I'm like, that's right. You don't have to be nervous about God. Listen, God can say no to you. You can, Oh, you asked too big, son. Give me the nation of Brazil. No. What? Really? I mean, you might as well go for it. Come on, you might as well go for it. Some of you are limited. Come on, in your, your faith. I've been talking about faith at our daily program, and uh, I hope that you'll jump in and be a part of that. We're going to go a little bit deeper tomorrow, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Some of you go to the gym. Some of you should go. If you're going to get in shape, it's going to require you to do something. All right, how, how to pray the prayer of Jabez. And, and this, is, this is part of a message that I've preached before in a composite with Dr. Morocco's message, and you do have notes. Everybody say, bless me. How many people have I run into that say, well, no, I don't want to pray for anything for myself, just everything for the other people. I don't, want, I don't need anything. Oh, stop with your false humility. Give me a break. That's not even biblical. It's not a biblical thing. Come on, a biblical thing is say, bless me. Now, to be all prideful and ugly about it, that's not biblical either. But ask for God's blessing. Come on, raise your right hand to God and say, Lord, bless me. Is that a biblical thing? Absolutely. And this comes right out of the text that we saw. Oh, that you would bless me, expand my borders. There's this whole prayer. Recognize the blessings of God are real. Say that. The blessings of God are, are real. And then he wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. God wants to bless me. If he can trust you with it, he'll get it to you. And everything that you're going through now is a test. Do this is a test. So if you can't pass the test with your 10 cents on the dollar that he gave you, why would you think he's going to give you more? If you can't pass the test with being a confidant and holding things in confidence and people trusting you so that you're not a gossip, sure got quiet in here. Instead of spreading it to all your prayer partners on Facebook or something. If your wife can't trust you with her emotions, you fly off the handle and get all mean and ugly when she just needs you to comfort and listen. I'm still learning that one. And all the men said, hallelujah. As my wife shares things, I just want to jump in and fix it. And she doesn't always want me to fix it. And she'll say, you know, we've been married a little while now, so she says, I don't need you to fix it. I just want you to listen. I'm like, okay. And it's still on. Still flinching to fix it. Because that's men. That's what men want to do. They want, they, they, they want to fix it. They want to jump over the fence. They want to kill. Let me kill it. Where is it? I'll kill it. There's no problem. We just kill that. But that's not the way it works all the time. So you have to learn, you have to, learn to be a good husband. You have to learn to, you have to, learn to be an, an honoring, respectful wife. And if you're single, then... You know, you, you, you sublimate and serve God. With, don't you look that up, Google sublimate. You, you, you serve God with all your heart and you prepare for one day. Maybe God will give you a spouse or you'll have a special gift called celibacy. 
I feel the anointing right there. I, I feel the Holy Ghost. Celibacy is a beautiful thing. And um, listen, there's, there's two places in life sexually, okay? It's married, and then you, you're able, is there children in here? Well, children's church is uh, upstairs for most kids. I'll shoot high. I'll go, I'm going to shoot higher. Listen, if you don't hear about it here, where are you going to hear about it? The covenant act of marriage is, in fact, that, a covenant act. Therefore, it should not take place in any other, outside of covenant, it should not take place. Is that vague and detailed enough? Okay, so if you're not married, that act shouldn't happen. And if, and if it does, then the, the Bible says that you won't inherit the kingdom of God. You said, oh, you're just getting all up in my grill right now. Yeah, no, I'm just starting to, actually. Some people think that, oh, the Lord just loves you, and you can do whatever you want to, and it's going to be okay. No, that's, that's not true. Yeah, he does love you, absolutely, more than you could possibly imagine. He loves you more than any human being could. And that's why that act is so special, so significant, so sacred that it should happen with one person, only one person, for the rest of your life under death do us part. That's how special and significant that is. How did we get on that? Pastor Daniel, Pastor Dan, I'm prophesying. How did we get on that? Better get back to my notes. Celibacy, thanks. You're awesome. <laughs> Paul talks about it. You know, if you burn, you should be married. I, in, in my life, I got to the place with the Lord where I just never needed to have a girlfriend, never needed to be married. He just totally, I mean, I just didn't want anything to interrupt with my I mean, it's kind of selfish if you look at it that way, that I just wanted me and Jesus, we're going to change the world, and that's it. And it was right at that point that he answered my heart's cry that I didn't know was my heart's cry and wanted to bring forth children and do all kinds of stuff, so he gave me Karen. It's not a very popular name right now, but she's an amazing woman God. We got it. We're, we're, she's redeeming that. Hallelujah. Come on, someone say, bless me. bless me. Blessings and curses are real. God wants to bless us. All right, look at two. Ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. All right, the Sermon on the Mount. Ask, seek, knock. It's continual. Asking, seeking, knocking. It's, I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about a man by the name of Jabez whose name means pain. He caused his mother pain in childbirth. The perception of everybody, oh, there's brother misery. He really hurt mom. Maybe mom died. We don't know. But he changed his life by crying out to God. He changed his life by, by crying out, by God asking. Oh, God, he cried out to God. Oh, that you would bless me. You know, anything is possible for you. You think about the blessings this is what happened when I pulled into Tacoma, Washington on, on city center exit. I just thought, man, I, I cried a number of times. Man, you have redeemed me. 
You have washed me. You have changed me. You saved me. Oh, you're amazing, God. You're amazing. When you look at what God's done, for those of you that have been walking with the Lord for a little bit, even if it's just a few months, you look at how he's given you peace and look how he's given you hope. Look how you're not wringing your hands or tormented at night. I this precious Samoan man, and maybe he's online. He's been saved for about five years and is torment, well, was tormented every single night. I said, what do you mean? Well, every night I, when I go to sleep, uh, uh, devils come. And I thought, oh, not anymore, they're not gonna. He said, you know, they're not. I said, no. Th th that was last night, that won't happen tonight, and it ain't gonna ever happen again. He's like, really? I said, really? And so we started talking, and uh, I know that spirit that came and visited him because he used to come visit me decades and decades ago. And I knew what the root of it was. The Lord gave me a word of knowledge, and I led him through very simply in all of about five minutes of how to pull that root out. It was unforgiveness about his father. We worked it out. That thing lifted off of him. I'm talking saved, in church, serving. He got free. I prayed for him. And he came back the following morning. was like, I've never seen such a smile. Just beaming ear to ear. Yeah. No torment. Can you imagine being tormented every night? He said, yeah, I can. It happens to me. It doesn't have to happen anymore. You can be set free from fear, from anger, from rage, from addiction. I don't know what you're going through. You don't have to be sorry and sad your whole life. You can be delivered. And this is the story of Jabez. He cried out. And he asked him to be blessed. Enlarge my territory. That's one of the dynamics of the kingdom of God. And I'll move quickly through this. One of the dynamics of the kingdom of God is growth or increase. Growth or increase. I've said it, I've said it to you so many times before, but uh, there's a principle called elevation and lift. Thank you, son. Elevation and lift is when the gospel comes into a region, comes into a territory, comes into a nation, comes into a people, and people begin to get saved, then it's not long before the economy changes, the entire place changes. Why? Because people don't spend their money on alcohol anymore. They start tithing. God starts blessing. They start working. They start going, if you don't work, you don't eat. They start, they start moving forward. The principles of the kingdom are released. And before you know it, the blessing of God is coming down. There's whole videos, transformation videos. You ever seen those? Want to watch some good family movies? The transformation videos. They're older, but they're, they're amazing. You go and watch those things. I believe God's doing something here. I believe God is bringing a transformation to Alaska. And I have seen, even prophetically, I've seen people coming in droves like a modern-day gold rush, rushing up. Please listen to what I'm about to say because it's more than just excited that people are coming here in revival. They're going to flood here. And if we don't have a great revival, then, then Alaska will soon be California. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. We, we need to see a great outpouring of the fire and the blessing of God, teaching people to live right, teaching people to get a hold of God, teaching people to pray and walk in the blessings, teaching people to ask, knock, seek, to increase. Come on, say amen. amen. Increase in what? To expand our territory. Increase in faith. I mean, you just think about it. 
Think about all the good things in Scripture. That's what God wants you to grow in. Increase in faith. Increase in health. Increase in wealth. Increase in our witness. Oh, my. Increase in fruitfulness. Increase in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to increase in the gifts of the Spirit. Listen, I want to tell you something. It just happened to me supernatural, fresh off the press. So I've been preaching and pastoring for over 20 years, and I've gradually been moving into what we would call more of an apostolic overseer. Some people call it a bishop-type role. We're not calling me bishop. We're not calling me apostle or anything like that. We're just going to do the stuff and spread the gospel. Can you say that? I'm going to go out and get new cards. But there's been this, you know, desire to, I want to see Seattle come under the power of God. I want to see Oregon changed. I want to see our nation changed. I want to plant a church in New York. I want to plant a church in Virginia. I want to plant a church in, in France. I've got a heritage there I need to go reap. I mean, I could go on and on and on. We're going to touch all of Brazil. Come on, we're going to touch Indonesia. We're going to plant churches in Amsterdam, in Amsterdam, in Holland. Amsterdam's just a start. Why? Because the whole world needs Jesus. And so out of that burden, we've moved forward as a team, and somehow I found myself being sent like a Timothy for Dr. Morocco. Might seem, seem sort of crazy on one level. On another level, I guess it kind of makes sense. And so I'm, you know, I'm out there, and here's something the way it works for me with, with prophetic preaching. I'll pray, God shows me, I have experiences uh, in, in the natural. I see things, sometimes as birds, sometimes as creation, sometimes, I mean, I, there's a whole list of things that God confirms stuff to me and shows me, and, and I won't get into all of that, I have it other times, but God puts his hand on me in a unique way. Then the night before I'm to bring that message or to be in that moment or that conference or in that divine appointment, because it's divine appointments too, right? So it's not just... It's not that just you're preaching. I mean, it's like, we've been doing this before we were preaching. Something, I, I'll, I'll wake up, I won't be able to sleep that night that well, and I begin to have a series of dreams and different things, and certain parts of those are highlighted. How are they highlighted? I feel God's presence. Listen, I'm trying to help you because this is happening to some of you. So I feel God's presence, and, and I'll, I've practiced hovering in that place. It's, it's between sleep and awake. It's, it's, it's this it's this band of the Spirit. And so, as I'm in that place, I'll preach the message or God show things to me. I'll get illustrations. The Lord highlights things. I get warnings. I get encouragement. Things happen. And, uh, and, then, I, and then as I walk by faith, the Lord shows me when to apply those. Sometimes it's for the next day, so on and so forth. So, that happens in a very intense way when I travel. So if I go to another church, <laughs> Saturday night is not like the big night of, you know, rest where we just say, oh, what an amazing sleep. No, it's a night of like warfare, intercession, dreams. God puts this whole thing together. Remarkably, I'm not tired until I've done delivering it. Then you have to scrape me like gum off the bottom of your shoe. <laughs> Up until the delivery time, I'm, I'm usually you know, got strength and be able to move forward. So th this has happened for messages. What happened for me, this just happened on this trip. Why are you telling me this? Please don't think it's try to, to, to say that I'm, uh, that I'm anything great. I, I am great because God's great on the inside of me and I, I, I don't have a, 
I'm not trying to blow my own horn. Why I'm sharing this with you is so that you too can awaken to the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Come on, He wants you to increase. He wants you to increase. He wants you to, listen, if you could be set on fire, every person you run into is going to have an encounter with God. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, and if there's a whole lot more than 12 people. 12 people in, in the day of Jesus turned the whole known world upside down. All we need to do is turn a few people on fire and turn them loose. And there's a whole lot more than a few. And I'm just trying to teach you to, to demystify it. Because I think sometimes, I think sometimes in churches, you know, pastors just want to think that like they're the one. Keep you addicted to their things so they can keep feeding you so they can feel good about themselves. That's not, I, go, I pray your ministries 10 times whatever I've done. Go for it. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. You're like, wow, this is pretty intense, Pastor. Go for it. Be the, be the, be the one that God created you to be. My job is to get you going. So, you know, I know my staff, and I know you prayed and prayed for me. So Saturday night, I, I'm, not just, I'm not just teaching on, on Sunday morning. We're, we're, we're bringing in possibly a new king's, and I'm there to make the decision to make sure it's, it's, it, 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 the timing is right and everything. Um, I need a lot of Jesus help here. And Dr. Mark is like, we're praying for you. Go for it. I'm like, don't you want to come over here, doctor? How about you do it? He would do a far better job. He's doing other things. So the dreams I have now on Saturday night are structural apostolic dreams having nothing to do with my message. And I see all of these components. I wake up, if I could call it wake up, I think I had three hours. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, exactly the meetings I'm supposed to have, who I'm supposed to pray for, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to say. All of it comes together in a moment. It was an apostolic anointing that got released on my life in one night. I didn't have it. I got it now, though. You say, you got it now? Oh, yeah. How do you know? Because by faith, I have it now. Come on, somebody say, by faith, I have it. Come on, raise two hands and say, by faith, I got it. I got it. I got it. Got it in my hands. I got it in my feet. I got it in my walk. I got it in my talk. I got it. I got it. I got it all over me. Why are you telling us this? Because if God can use a donkey, he can use you. So you were born in pain. So your mom left you, your dad left you, I'm sorry. But it's time to get healed. And it's time to cry out. Jabez cried out. He cried out. And, God, and he asked God, oh, that you would bless me. Bless me. Come on, say that. Lord, bless me. Let that be on your lips every single day. You don't have to be broken. You don't have to be disgusted. You don't have to be addicted. Shake free of that lie. Shake free of that thing. 
get set on fire. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. Quit your pity party. Go to Lowe's, get a ladder, and get over it. Come on, two hands to heaven. And I'm going to increase. Come on, say it. I'm going to increase. I'm gonna, my faith is going to increase. Say it. My faith is going to. I'm going to increase in love. I'm going to increase in health. I'm going to increase in wealth. I'm going to increase in my witness. I'm going to increase in influence. I'm going to increase in fruitfulness. I'm going to increase in the gifts of the Spirit. God's called me, say it, to be alive at this time. And I'm not going to disappoint Him. You're chosen. You're appointed. You're selected. How do you know? Because I read John 15. You can't talk me out of it. That was written to me. I appointed you. I've selected you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. That means there's some fruit that doesn't remain. That means there's some things that you might be doing that aren't going to count for nothing in the end. You can't take your Harley with you, as fun as that would be. But I think you might have other kinds of Harleys in heaven. Obviously not too many bike riders here tonight. Let your hand be with me. Keys, please. Let your hand be with me. Pray for God's power. Pray for God's power. Pray for God's power. Pray that you'll be in the right place at the right time for divine appointments. Pray for that. Pray. The stories I can tell you over and over and over. I have my own stories, but one of my favorite ones is with Dr. Morocco. He's at some event. Just wants to reach to the person, maybe witness to him. And, hey, my name is Dr. James Morocco. Oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. Well, what do you do? He says, I'm in banking. Oh, so what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh. What kind of banking? Uh, local bank here. Oh, which bank? Tells him the name of the bank. He says, what do you do? So, I, uh, I'm the president. Oh. They talk. They become friends. And the president of the bank says, hey, uh, you know, if you ever need any help building anything, just uh, give me a call. I know a guy. Nice to meet you. A number of years later, we needed God's intervention. Dr. Morocco's praying. Hey, remember that guy? Call him. We call. They gave us a no money down loan to buy the shopping center in Oahu. It was a total miracle. And, to, and if you know the history of that, how it all dovetails together, it's kind of amazing. You know, sometimes we can not have his hand on us. We can be filled with strife and irritated, and you can miss divine appointments. You can be standing next to somebody. You know, the way that God works in the kingdom is through relationships. Yes, his word, yes, his power, but he works through relationships. So he, 
think about the, the, the people you meet. So are they important? Oh, yes, they are. Certainly important to the, the widow. The widow who had nothing left, a little cruise of oil, a little meal. The prophet says, go make me a cake. <laughs> Takes her last bit of meal. But that released the power of God and the word of the Lord where he said, now go to all your neighbors. Now, if she was a Karen, a jerk, I probably shouldn't say that. Let me take that back. My wife's redeeming it. If she was a miserable, cheap, angry, bitter, strife-filled woman, I don't even think she could go to her neighbors. I mean, she could maybe go and plead, right? I know I've been a jerk. Just give me some vessels, please. What? Relationships are so very important. You know, people come to this church not because there's great preaching or great teaching or great worship, and I do believe we've got amazing guests. Don't miss Ivan Tate. Amazing leaders, yes. But they, people continue to come. You know why? Because they build relationships. If you don't build relationships, it will not be long before you won't be here. Why is that? Because that's how the devil works. This, the church is too big. Oh, it's far too small. What has to, what has to, we're far too small. Anybody going to hell from Wasilla? No chance. From, from this region? No. What has to happen is these relationships have to be built. Go meet somebody. Do it tonight. Meet, meet someone new tonight. You're like, well, that person creeps me out. Well, don't talk to that one. Go to another one. I was in a conference, and there's this guy, he's head and shoulders above everybody else. I'm talking hundreds of people, 300 people between me and him. And I'm, I'm there with Pastor Gary Brothers, and we're talking, I look across, and the guy looks at me, and he goes, gives me one of these. I'm like, what's up? He says, okay, I've never met him before, I wonder who that is. So, you know, time goes by, and Again, I see him. You know, and it wasn't some weird queer thing. You know what I'm talking about. No, because you got to watch out sometimes. You, you're laughing up on the front row. It was, it was the Lord. And so I said to Pastor Gary, I said, hey, man, who's that guy? He said, oh, that's Mike Ware. You need to meet him. I said, yeah, I do need to meet him. We went over, I met him, and he's become one of my very closest friends, and he preaches here almost every year. He's a man of incredible excellence and, and influence, and him and his son are changing Colorado, that whole area of Colorado. He's missions all over Africa and India, travels around the world. He's just an amazing man of God. That's how that happened. Meet people. If they scare you, then you shouldn't meet that one. You know, go meet... Meet people, develop relationships. That, that's why we have life groups, and that's why we have Discover Track, and that's why we have teams. Not long ago, I was in a place where the pastor did everything. Do you know how painful that is? I used to do that back when we were 50 people. And you will stay 50 people. And then you rob everybody from the joy of being able to serve and do something for Jesus. 
Come on, relationship is key to how God works in the earth. I said relationships are key to how God works in the earth. You say, well, I don't like people. Well, you need healing. We have a and we have a department called the Bridge Counseling Department. You can go to that. Answer every altar call. Answer altar calls. Come and get healed. Because I don't like people. I don't trust people. I know they can be they can be something. After all, look at what you've done to people. Press this. Sounds like you guys have some intimate knowledge about that over there. You're laughing. Look at verse 10. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Verse 10. Enlarge my, my territory. That your hand would be with me. The power of God. The power of God. You can increase in the power of God. Increase in the hand of the Lord being upon you. And that you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. I know I've been ma- named misery. But I don't want to cause anybody for anybody, any misery for anybody. I don't, I don't want to cause pain anymore. That's a great prayer. Keep me from causing harm. Pray that God protects you. Come on, rest of the notes in the closing moments. Pray that God protects you and your family. You know, we took a wrong turn trying to return our car. And uh, to say that we ended up in the hood would not be what that was. I know what the hood is. This is like subhood. No, serious. Like I, I, there's, I have actually, the Holy Spirit does something in me and on me when I roll up into places like that. Like it's a certain feeling. Leave. That's the feeling. Time to go. And it's just it's on me like that. Double checking, lock the doors. I have 300. It's it's, it's like I can see all the way behind my head. All my mirrors are working. I'm looking at everything and I'm, I'm just seeing everything and it's time to leave. Some of you stay when you've lost your peace. You're like, well, I guess I'm supposed, no, if you lose your peace, it's game over. I lost my peace and it's just kind of like I started driving a little erratic. Pastor Karen's like, you all right? I said, yeah, we out of here. She's like, good. You know, got to, got to, a, red, got to a red light. Some stuff started happening in the little tent city right next to the light. I'm thinking, doo, 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 doo. I'm ready to blow the light. There's another lot work. Oh, yeah, I'll four-wheel drift, blow every single light, go through all the stop signs. Some well, we need to obey the law. You need to get out of there. <laughs> Pastor strung up at tent city in Portland. Not this one. Hey, man, time to go. I lost my peace. The protection of God. Come on, God wants to bring protection on you. Fools go. Where angels fear to tread, the Bible says. He'll protect you. Pray that God will expose evil in your life. That's a good one. Come on, all the fornicators, say amen. (laughs) They were like, we better move on. All the adulterers said amen. Expose evil. That's good. Come on, say, Lord, expose evil in my life. It's a good thing to check. How's your eye gate? You talking to me? Probably, yeah. Were you pointing at me just now? If it felt like it, yes. 
I'm really just looking over the top of the heads of the people and just pointing randomly. I've found that the Holy Spirit has a way of lasering. You wake up in the night, go into the bathroom. You need deliverance. Let's move on. Expose evil. Come on, someone say expose evil. Pray that God would do a preemptive strike on evil. That's Dr. Morocco terminology. That God would show you evil and, and take care of it before it gets to you. That's a great prayer. Lord, keep us from evil. Expose evil. Deliver us from evil. Come on, someone say that. Deliver us from evil. This is the prayer of Jabez. Jabez. Pray to walk in the Holy Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Oh, yes. Pray that God's kingdom will advance against the kingdom of darkness. And sixth, last they'd be conformed into his image. Every touch, every word, God's trying to make you more like him. Did you get something from God? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.